0: Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to this live stream. It's uh, Naomi Wolf of Daily Cloud, and I'm incredibly honored um, to be welcoming uh, one of the people I most admire, um, one of the true heroes of this moment, a real humanitarian, uh, I hope someone I can call a friend as well, and that is financier and author Ed Dowd. Welcome, Ed, Mr. Dowd.
1: Yes, Naomi, we are good friends. Um, (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Um, Ed Dowd has done so much in his career. He was formerly of BlackRock. uh, And more recently, he is the founder of Finance Technologies um, and also the author of Cause Unknown, which is one of the bravest books to come out in our era and um, has done more than any other book I I can think of to document and make irrefutable the fact that we're living through a mass death or as the the word you use, um, a democide event. Um, And I asked him to come on tonight because he let me know that there is a new report that his project tracking this uh, shocking data is bringing forward. Um, New report, UK death and disability analysis, cardiovascular disease, ages, 15 to 44. And his bullet points are that the anecdotal evidence observed in media has been confirmed by strong statistical signal, excess death rates from cardiovascular diseases up 13% in 20, 30% in 21 and 44% in 22 Z scores. So I'm going to turn it over to you now and ask you what that means. Um, Unless I... I've misquoted it, um, excess deaths, 13% in 20, 30% in 2021, 20, and 44% in 22Z scores of 7.5 and 10.5 were observed in 21 and 22 respectively, black swan signals. So I am not a, a I don't have a finance background. I don't have a statistics background. Please explain what I, I just shared with the audience.
1: So let's just talk about the increases we saw, and we 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 were using adjusted cardiovascular excess deaths. We observed 13% increase above normal trend line in 2020, 30% in 21, and 44% in 22. Um, and uh, the standard deviations. Let me let me just give an example because I talk about standard deviations a lot, and that confuses people. It's a measure of something from the mean or the norm how many standard deviations and it's geek speak for probabilities. And we put it into a Z score because that our minds wrap around anything above three is a signal. And just to give you an idea what that's like, why, why three uh, that happens uh, uh, 0.3% of the time under uh, across all observations and a 3.8 standard deviation event is the same as you getting hit by lightning once in your lifetime. So, when, when I say 10 standard deviations, that's just an improbable uh, event uh, from, from the norm. And then, that, that, then the reason why it's a signal is we need to investigate why. And the reason why I'm so annoyed with what's going on is these signals are being seen by all the health authorities that, uh, that are issuing and following uh, health edicts. And they're ignoring them. These, are, these signals are so large that there has to be a reason why. My thesis and your thesis is it's the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines that they've mandated on us. And this is a ginormous cover-up. Because why else would these people with billions of dollars of budget not acknowledge these signals and say, Houston, we have a problem? They're just ignoring all these signals. We're seeing signals like this across all different databases all the time. And this is just one of the most recent ones that confirms what we've all seen anecdotally in the news, you know, sudden athletic deaths and celebrities uh, keeling over and, uh, you know, Megyn Kelly now coming forward. So we're seeing these anecdotes, they call them anecdotes, they're dismissed, but anecdotes should not be seen at this level like we're seeing. And then, of course, we did the work. Uh, Carlos, my partner, put out a 22 page report, the full report where we had uh, looked into a couple different databases in the UK. And this is an add-on to our disability study that we put out a couple months ago. Uh, the, the It's called the Personal Independence Payment Disability System in the UK, which so, showed statistical aberrations and black swan events across all body systems. So we just decided to focus on cardiovascular because that seems to be um, where a lot of the sudden deaths are coming from, and sure enough, signals. And the signals are... You know, at this point, I'm I'm just mad because I feel like we're talking into the wind. But the good news is I do think we're having word of mouth impact because booster uptake is abysmal, which is good.
0: Well, Let me jump in and ask some follow up questions. Let me go back to your explanation of standard deviations. So in lay terms, what people say when there are multiple standard deviations is this is not this is not natural, this is not explainable with normal processes, normal deaths, normal disease. Is that a fair way to restate what you just said? Correct, yeah.
1: correct, okay. so, so, so there's a trend. So a standard deviation is from a trend or, or a mean or an average, it's a normal distribution. So it's the probability of that signal being uh, above normal. Right. And when I say 10 and a half standard deviations, again, Getting hit by lightning once in your lifetime is 3.8 standard deviations. So that's that's and that's it's just a way for us to to uh, measure these things and and you know uh, indicate how strong of a signal it is. Ten is crazy,
0: right? Ten is crazy. So basically, when you say you're mad that all of these. Public health officials who are tasked with keeping people alive and healthy are not reacting to the signal. It's because they're trained as statisticians to see a signal like this and to realize that something catastrophic is going on. Is that a fair way to restate what you said?
1: Not all doctors, not everybody in the medical field, but certainly the people who have billions of dollars of budget that run these institutions and do have the data should have some statisticians on staff that can find these signals. This is not rocket science.
0: Right, right. So let me now ask: What are the databases you're using, and is it just the UK that, that this oh, report for this on?
1: report just the UK? It's the ON, ONS database and the registered death database. And I mean, then should the- I just say ONS
0: is Office of National Statistics, Ed. So yes, they have statisticians whose job is to notice <laughs> <laughs> that kind of event. Um, but but go ahead. You're using ONS statistics, which are the gold standard. Um, I mean, it was ONS statistics that were rolled out to persuade us that there was uh, a a, a horrible pandemic in the first place. So um, these are no one can dismiss your statistics as marginal or anecdotal. So how are you how are you using them or what are you um, are you? Is it a subcategory of data sets that... Yeah, um, let, me, let me let me go
1: straight to the report and go to the data. Like We have a 22-page report that outlines our data. That's, we always start all our reports with what's the data we're looking at, and we have links to it. So the data, let's go to the, the data. Okay, right. ONS uh, data, we're using uh, death data. Then we're using UK Monthly Registered Deaths, all cause. That's a right. different database that states right. causes. And then... Uh, we're also using the, the personal independence payment system data. So we're analyzing all these databases.
0: Okay. All right. So you, you, I mean, I'm sorry. It's hard to exactly ask in human terms what you're finding. If you were translating that into dead people and disabled people, what are the kinds of numbers you're looking at? Okay, here, here are the
1: numbers so far, and then I'll put a market on on what well, I'll size the market of potential. I called it total available market for future death and disability. So, right now, as of uh, this study, uh, we we saw about two hundred excess cardiovascular events in this age group in 2020, 500 in twenty one, and seven hundred in in uh, twenty two. Now, that's just cardiovascular deaths. There's a whole host of other causes of death that are also being caused by the vaccine. We're just focusing on this because it's a, an acute event. Sudden, it happens right away. And that's, that's where all the headlines seem to be. So we're just focusing on one slice. Now, let me go into some numbers. We cited a Swiss paper, the, Ber- the Bergen-Switzerland study on, on the incidence of myocarditis per 100,000. Mm-hmm. They have 2,800, okay? So, what I just told you, what we found per uh, 100K was three deaths per 100K excessive in 22 and 13.2 excessive disabilities in 22. So, I just told you that's per 100K. The Swiss paper says 2,800 diagnoses of mild myocarditis. When we run the population of this age group in the UK, that's 650,000. Potential people that could become disabled or dead. Man. Now let's 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 get let's 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 give the benefit of the doubt to those who say mild carditis is just that. Let's say only 10% of those 2,800 develop problems. Uh, that's 65,000 available population in the UK that has potential issues. But no matter how you map it out, the, the market for future death and disabilities is only going to grow. We suspect the 23 cardiovascular deaths are going to go up again because excess mortality in this age group, we've already determined all cause excess mortality is up. So it's not that big of a leap to think cardiovascular is going to rise as well. So I don't know I don't know if you saw recently, we put out a report a couple of weeks ago, Update. we're going through our database and updating 2023 numbers. The UK was one of the first. In this age group, 15 through 44, Their excess mortality is 20%. It was 16 in 21, dropped to 11 in 22, and a shot to a new high in 23. So whatever's going on with this vaccine has medium-term effects because we do know the booster uptake is down. So this is what's got me depressed a little bit the last couple of months. We also have that confirmed by the U.S. disability data, which in June shot up another million uh, approximately in one month. And women went to a new all-time high in August. We don't have the September numbers yet. Well, employed women, I mean. Sorry, uh, I, we look at employed men, employed women. Right. So, you know, riddle me this: Why are why are we seeing a reacceleration in disabilities? I was hopeful right. it was going to come down because yeah. the disabilities hit a high in September twenty two of thirty three point two million. It went sideways, which is not great, but it's better than going up. Then it. Uh, went to a slight new high in May, then accelerated, and we call it a breakout chart and financed, uh, up a million in one month. Then it, then in July, it came down a, a tad, and then it went back up again in, in, in August. So th- it's not reversing out. So we're, the breakout is held. So I'm I'm getting very anxious about what's going on with these trends accelerating. My whistleblower in the insurance industry, again, this is just one company telling me what they're seeing in their results. They're seeing uh, an acceleration in long-term disability and group life loss in millennials again.
0: My Lord. All right. Just so I'm understanding you correctly, are you saying a million Americans became newly disabled a couple of weeks like
1: ago? Caveat. So this is the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's a survey. Yeah right but but it's gen, generally speaking it's correct so a, a million individuals identified self-identified as disabled it's not tied to a disability payment or a doctor's job. these are this is a statistical survey that's done every month every okay. month but but
0: it's correct to say that it was a million additional people. Identify themselves. And I wanna share something with the audience and people are um, raising really good questions and points, which I'll share in a moment. But you and I noticed about a year ago, I think that your data, which shows disproportionate disability among women independently confirms our data with the War Room Daily Cloud, Pfizer Documents Research Analysis Reports, which also shows a 72% Uh, disproportionate women disabled versus men, um, with 16% of those, as an aside, being reproductive disorders. But in report after report from our data sets, we saw that, you know, liver damage, kidney damage, strokes, um, women were disproportionately being injured, which is weird. Like, how do you even have an injection that disproportionately attacks women's body systems that aren't even, you know, reproductive or gendered. I don't have an answer to that, but I'm just saying our data sets, which are totally different data sets, independently confirm that healthy younger women are being disabled. Is that an accurate thing to say? I know it's Yes, Yes.
1: so the disability rate for employed women was around 31% uh, increase over the timeframe we measured and uh, we're going to update the current numbers, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's held, and it was 19% disability rate increase for employed men. So women are, seeing the, the slope of the women's uh, disability line is just way steeper than the general population and steeper than than the male population. Steepness obviously indicates a higher rate of issues.
0: Right. Good God, all right. So what you're saying is you're depressed because we, you were hoping you had seen the worst of it, but now from these numbers, we can reasonably conclude that this may be this, the tip of the iceberg, to use a cliche.
1: I don't wanna, I don't wanna get ahead of my skis, uh, but I was talking to Carlos, my partner, who wrote this report, and Carlos is an optimist. I'm, I'm a stock picker, and when I see a trend, if, if, if I owned, let's say this was disability uh, was a stock, Okay, I would have bought the breakout in 21 and then I would have uh, added a little bit once it kept going up. And then and then once it went sideways, it's called consolidation. I would have held my position. And if it broke down, I'd sell the stock. Well, it just broke out again. I'd be adding to my position. So I'm a trend. I, I like trends. This trend is accelerating again. Carlos wants to be more optimistic and say by what you you're doing and I'm doing will affect the trajectory of what the outcome may be by alerting people to this. So he's optimistic that these trends are, you know, come down in the future, but until, you know, we have um, grown-ups at the regulatory authorities, you know, pull these things, there's going to be a huge portion of the populace that doesn't know what's going on. And word of mouth is great, but there's a there's a bunch of people that still are trapped in the old mindset that, you know, our institutions are okay. And- and that's where, that's where I'm frustrated.
0: Yeah, I understand for sure. So we'll get to the kind of big picture politics in a minute, but I just want to say, I'm—I I think that that your your colleague might be m- miscalculating because from what we've seen, the things that go bad get worse. In other words, it might not be that everyone who was going to get sick is now sick, right? From the injection that they had in the past. It could be that these injections work in such a way that you know, first you have liver damage, then you have, you know, blood clots, then you have um, respiratory issues. I mean, you know, I mean, so many, so much joint pain, right? In our data set, joint pain is the number one side effect. I'm seeing so many people limping and injured and getting knee replacements, hip replacements. That has a knock on effect. That means people won't be active, they'll get other problems, right? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, I would love to believe that we are seeing the worst disability outcomes and death outcomes of the injections people took in the past. And we're hoping no one will take new injections. But from what I understand, that may not be the case because of the way people get sick over time. As uh, Libby Kelly Hur said, and I agree with her. So many people are literal walking time bombs.
1: Well, so Carlos, Carlos, it looks at the, he's data driven. So he agrees the trends are bad. If the trends, continue along its trajectory, it's going to get worse. So I'm a trend follower. So I'm, he and I were debating. I was saying um, glacial Mad Max over time. He said, oh, Ed, that's too pessimistic because we're going to be able to to, through what the work we're doing and others like Naomi, we're going to be able to affect and change the course of this by getting people the the proper help eventually.
0: Yeah, God willing. So a bunch of people are asking where can they see the studies you're citing? Where can they see the charts? Do you want to give them the name of your website where they're located, please?
1: Yeah. Financetechnologies.com was spelled with a ph instead of an F. And you go to the humanities projects and you can scroll down into our projects and find the uh, cardiovascular report. There's a full PDF report. There's a web brief Uh and the web brief is for a quick reading, but if you want to get into the, the nitty-gritty and all our little formulas uh, and and whatnot, it's, uh, it's the full PDF version. It's 22
0: pages. Okay. So I have other questions. Thank you. And we have um, about 10 more minutes, so I'll go fast. John Boyle says, does the data include the infection rates for COVID variants, and could we be seeing COVID effects as opposed to vaccination effects? I think the second question is more... Jermaine, than the first one, but I'll throw them both to you.
1: The data has, has, has no, uh, does not list what variants of COVID people got. That's just not part of the data.
0: Could we be seeing um, people getting sick from COVID, and disabled from COVID instead of vaccination side effects?
1: Uh, well, you know, that's the debate, right? So I would say no, because the COVID variants have been getting less virulent as time goes on. So you'd have to assume that those who got infected with the original one are now presenting in 2022, and all of 2020, mostly old people died. So the big difference for me was young folks started dying uh, statistically uh, in large numbers in the second half of 21, not 2020. All right. That that for me is the smoking gun.
0: So there are a bunch of um, other questions, but I'm going to go to mine first, um, just in the interest of time. I want to talk about the politics. I cannot help, I'm an anti-racist, I am the daughter of immigrants and granddaughter of immigrants. I cannot help noticing that in Europe, like in Lampedusa, an Italian island, um, I believe, which had a, a, kind of a, a, an influx of um, immigrants that out outnumbers the, uh, I guess, native-born people of Lampedusa. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, what we're seeing and I, I know this is not what you study, but as an analyst, theoretically, what we could be seeing is North America and Western Europe get sick and dies. Um, people from other places, maybe places where they don't expect democracy, they're not used to democracy, are flowing in. Uh, does this factor into your projections at all? Is this um, un, unrelated, irrelevant?
1: Well, look, I'm, I, I'm not in the room, but if I wanted to... Uh, do uh, again. This is pure speculation, my part, and I'm just using the the you know seeing what I see in the evidence. You, if you wanted to uh, replace the population of the U.S. with low-skilled, compliant people with no education, you would open up the borders and not have them get vaccinated. Which that's a fact. They do not need to be be vaccinated when they're allowed through the, the, the across our borders, and then you vaccinate. Uh, all the able-bodied working people through mandates, and then you know, wait five to ten years and shake. Right. I mean, I'm just saying again that I have no, I'm not in the room. That if I, if that was an evil plan, that it seems to be, we see some facts that would suggest that.
0: Right. Let me move on so that neither of us can be taken out of context. Um, when you said people are freaking out, you said it before we went live. Um, I I think I know what you mean, but presumably gatekeepers politicians people in the insurance industry who is freaking out and what's going to happen i mean you said it's now a cover-up uh
1: we're 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 approaching a time where we get and again this is this has to do with you know histrionics and like what critical number the marginal mind where is that where's the tipping point i don't know the exact tipping point but we're getting there quickly as word of mouth spreads on the dangers of these vaccines. And when we get to a a critical amount of people, the anger will be such that the politicians will understand that something's changed. The regulators will start to worry and we'll start to see something or an event that will cover it all up. But we're getting close. Megyn Kelly came out recently and she's now uh, talking about her injury. I think we're going to see more and more of this, and this is going to become more and more of a, uh, dinner table conversation. The, 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 the folks of Maui used to treat me differently when I was doing what I was doing, meaning they thought I was full of crap, excuse my, my language. Now they want to, you know, hang out with me and talk to me and uh, occupy my time because that's the word of mouth spreading. So I, I'm, I'm using my own personal experience, what I, I think is going to happen eventually. And you know, booster uptake for me is word of mouth. I mean, people are clearly not uh, running towards the boosters
0: anymore right. um well, what's gonna happen politically, do you think like you you bet on futures. So when people are angry, when people are aware, when it does become dinner table conversation, what happens to markets and what happens to the leaders who were responsible? I guess I should ask you first about markets and then, Um, I mean, you know, the CDC is is doubling down. The FDA is doubling down. I don't see them backing away at all. What do people at the highest levels behind the scenes start to do when the rank and file start to realize they've been murdered or their loved ones have been murdered? Well,
1: so this is this is this is the problem. So either uh, in, in, in more normal times, we'd peacefully vote all these people out, then, you know, investigate them and prosecute them. But these crimes are so horrific. I think the establishment is going to try to create a diversion or steal the election to prevent themselves from ever being prosecuted. Cause this is this, once this comes to light, there'll, there'll be no place to hide on the planet in my humble opinion.
0: Wow. All right. Um, let's see. I really don't, it, I've pretty much never had an interview like this in which I was at a loss for words because what was coming to light was so, shocking and egregious. Like each time I think I've looked into the abyss of hell with this um, rollout of this bioweapon, I think I've seen the worst of it. And then I talk to Ed Doubt and you know, I, I have a whole new realm of hell to grapple with. Um, well, let's end on a, a grateful note. Scott Irwin says, thank you both for your continued research and reporting. Hope more people hear this. At some point, the dam will break. Um, thank you very much, Mr. Irwin. Uh, Eileen Anderson asks, have you seen any connection to young onset Parkinson's disease? And I'm guessing you haven't gotten there yet, right, Ed? Well,
1: there's uh, if you go to our UK uh, disability data, you, you can go drill down into some of the neurological causes, and all of them went off the charts. Uh, this is what's frustrating to me. We basically discovered so many drastic rises in new claims of all sorts of different disabilities in the UK data that there's either systemic fraud... And they should pay us a $5 million uh, fee for saving them billions of dollars and or there's a there's a cover up. And it's so the the body system's gone off the rails. I mean, you just look at the numbers and play with the charts and the different age groups and the different causes. It, it's it's alarming.
0: Yeah. And I'll chime in there to um, uh, Eileen Anderson and say our data sets show neurological events like um, Parkinson's, dementias, Alzheimer's at industrial scale. And yes, at younger in younger people than traditionally had those kinds of neurological um, problems. Um, I guess, well, let me ask you this before I let you go. Why isn't the insurance industry coming forward? I mean, they're going to go broke. Uh, I mean, they must be freaking out financially. Why aren't, why aren't they coming forward and, and pointing? Why is no one finger pointing Which at the highest levels, which is what usually happens during a catastrophe like this?
1: Well, the losses are going to start accumulating. They, they At the end of last year, they started projecting, uh, or the middle of 22, they started projecting mortality rates trending back towards normal. That's not occurred. There's, there actually is discussion in the C-suite I'm hearing. They're, they're, they're freaking out. There's still this debate whether you can talk about the vaccine or not, believe it or not, because so many of these people mandated these jabs. But it's starting, it's, it's, now, it's now the water cooler talk. You know, there's a lot of people who realize and get the joke. We just need some brave CEO to break the logjam at some point. So the most alarming thing for me, and, I, and the takeaway for everybody in this um, this this uh, interview today, is that things are accelerating, not mm-hmm. decelerating, and that's what's scary to me. There's an acceleration going on, and I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to, I like for the you know the data to like flip over again in another quarter, but. Again, the trend is your friend until it's not, and the trend is not good for humanity at the moment.
0: Wow, okay, so um, Danica Young says, thank you, Naomi and Ed, for everything you have done. lots of American flags and a heart. Elizabeth Hall says, I'm an insurance agent. The companies I am with will not talk about this to us agents. Uh, Elizabeth, do you see anecdotally um, any reflection of what Ed is describing? And Scott Irwin says, thank you both for your continued research and reporting. Hope more people hear this. At some point, the dam will break. Ed, well, Elizabeth is considering that. Um, My last question really is, does it come down to um, legal exposure then? I mean, do they not want to come forward at these highest levels of the insurance industries and so on because um, the people who mandated these shots will be liable, presumably with or without the PREP Act?
1: I can't imagine the kind of conversations the C-suite is have it, having right now, where they're saying maybe it's the vaccine, and then the, then the general counsel's sitting next to the executive saying, well, we mandated these things," and then they start going through all the numbers, and they this is this is this is the circle.
0: Oh my gosh, of, that,
1: that's what's going on. If oh my gosh, you're saying
0: insurance companies are silent because the insurance companies mandated it, along yeah. with everyone else even though they know what's happening. That gives me chills. Yeah. Oh my Lord. And Elizabeth Hall said from my own people, yes, I do. Meaning she is hearing these same anecdotal uh, accounts of disabilities and deaths. Um, and uh, and she said, we don't even ask if they took the jab. I guess you're just taking that as as given that she's Uh, I'm sorry, I'm literally stumbling. Um, We need to wrap up now. You've been so generous with your time. Um, And John Boyle pointed out the broader base of corporate America mandated it. So that's the devil's bargain. They all jumped on board. They all mandated it in 2021. Um, It'll be very interesting to see if they all did so because they got payments from the federal government, which is, as I recall, and now because they've done that, they can't come forward and save people's lives, even the lives of their own employees. I,
1: I, I understand how the C-suite works. I was on Wall Street. I used to interview CEOs and CFOs. They have a general counsel and they're sitting there terrified they're going to get you know sued into oblivion if this comes to light. So there, it's kind of like like you said, the devil's bargain. And, a lot, and look, these people didn't take saline solution. These people took the job too. I don't believe that they all took saline solution. I know many executives that took these things and now regret it, but they're not talking publicly
0: extraordinary. What a time we're in. Ed Dowd, you are a true hero. I can't thank you enough. People need to support um, people like Ed Dowd. This project he's running uh, has employees, has hosting, has editorial costs. Um, Send him money (laughs) and thank you emails. And how can they do that, Ed?
1: There's a donation page uh, for finance technologies. We've also uh, uh, outlined a projects page. We're going to some well-heeled donors. to try to get some uh, funding for, you know, we have like infrastructure costs. We're at the point now we've done this for free for the most part. And uh, it's mostly a volunteer organization at this point. We eventually want to get revenues in our hedge fund. We also plan to sell some of our predictive tools for these causes to insurance companies. So we're going to get revenues eventually. But in the meantime, we need some support to, uh, you know, defray some of our growing infrastructure needs.
0: Yeah, I I can't stress enough and I'll say it so he doesn't have to. This man and his colleagues have brought forward information that is literally helping to save humanity, to save millions of lives. And it's the excellence of the data and the credibility of the presenters that matters. So none of this happens for free. So you've got to support the people who are saving your lives and your family's lives and bringing out real journalism. That's Ed Dowd and his colleagues right now. Um, And where can people find you before we say goodbye to you? Twitter at
1: DowdEdward, D-O-W-D-Edward, at on getter at Edward Dowd. And then of course, com spelled with a P H.
0: I can't thank you enough. And um, I'm also going to hope everyone sends you just thoughts of encouragement and support and keeps you in their prayers because this is a horrible job that you've taken on. And it's very, not fun. I feel like the prophet of doom. I, yeah. I, like literally every time I talk to you, it's like, Oh, I've got to talk to the angel of death now. Um, but, <laughs> But, but, you know, this is what prophets do. That's what they did in the past. And it's the only way, you know, certain people were able to survive. So thank you for everything you're doing, Ed Dowd. I'm so grateful to you.
1: Thank you, thank everyone. Thank you so much. And I hope I'm not John the Baptist. He lost his head. Oh, God.
0: We'll <laughs> keep you safe. Don't worry. Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. You are the front
1: line against Thank you all very much for fighting. It's a privilege to be shoulder to shoulder with so many different kinds of people in the trenches. And my message to all of them is, I'll I'll see you on the barricades. I'll see you on the barricades. I'll see you on the barricades. I'll see you on the barricades.
0: I'll
1: see you on the barricades. I'll see you
0: on the barricades. I'll see you on the barricades.